Hello, everyone, and welcome to You Scared of This, a podcast where two grown-ass men watched every episode of Nickelodeon's hit horror anthology series for kids. Are, I almost called it You Scared of This, but it's not called that. <laughs> it's called Are You Afraid of the Dark? We watched every episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, and then we tried to determine whether or not it was still scary. And depending on how you judged that, we determined that it was or wasn't. But that's all in the past now. We've I'm glad our... we've spent so much time and energy on that definitive answer. We can... We've narrowed it down to two possibilities. <laughs> <laughs> we may never know for sure. <laughs> Listen, the... We should... the name of the show was You Scared of This. You know, we should, have been... we should not have been concerned with definitive answers. It's subjective. Uh, my name is Eli Phillips. I'm one of your two hosts. And with me, as always, more importantly, some would say, is... The man, the myth, the legend himself, the main event, weighing in at somewhere between 150 and 170 pounds, standing five foot eight and hailing from Nashville, Tennessee, ladies and gentlemen, the dirtiest, David John Cena. Dykus! I'll have you know that I'm 5'9 and I am down to 150. Yes, we are back, ladies and gentlemen, for the most magical time of the year. I was going to make a joke there, but I lost it. Yep. Yes, you did. Listen, folks, we've been out of this Our game. very early Christmas episode. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> for the most magical time of the year. I don't know why we're recording at the week of Halloween. It's The season starts earlier and earlier every year. That's true. Happy Christmas, everyone. Goth bless us, everyone. <laughs> We're here celebrating Halloween by releasing a special bonus episode of our show long after we finished everything. Yes, this was actually an episode we intended to record all the way back in June of, of 2018 as our mm -hmm. last bonus episode. Uh, but we ran into a small hiccup when we tried to record it because... The content mysteriously vanished. Ooh. The content we're reviewing today has been scrubbed from the internet by some unseen force. Yes. Thanks, Trump. <laughs> no one says thanks, Trump, enough. I guess it's too depressing. <laughs> Everything that he fucks up is just too depressing. Yeah. Um, yeah, what we're talking about today is the, uh, the Are You Afraid of the Dark tribute, the fan film that came out a year ago. That's right. Released on October 31st, 2017, today we are reviewing The Tale of the Ghostly Guest. Yeah, this is a fan film that got a lot of fanfare uh, in like 2016 and 2017 as it was being hyped by uh, the indie company that produced it. This was a like not-for-profit fan film that was being released. You know, those things happen. Purely a passion project with no... Uh, input or um blessing from viacom yeah yeah and, and that is of course what led to the uh, the end of its distribution when viacom announced that the official are you afraid of the dark movie would be coming out a year from now they said you guys got to cut this shit out and uh just about every copy of the are you afraid of the dark fan film the tribute ghostly guest whatever you want to call it was scrubbed from the internet which impeded us watching it Big shout out to friend of the show, Patrick McGuire, for hooking us up with a copy. I have no idea where he procured this thing, <laughs> Yeah, uh, but he was able to send us uh, a direct download of it. So thank you, Patrick, very much for making this possible. Better late than never. 
Yeah. We've, been, we've really been looking forward to reviewing this for a long, long time. We teased it online for a while. Mm-hmm. And now we're finally getting to make good on that promise, which is good because we are otherwise out of Are You Afraid of the Dark to review for a whole nother year. There are a few pieces of Are You Afraid of the Dark apocrypha out there for us to, to pick through in the meantime. That's true. We could always finish the tale of Orpheo's curse. Maybe someday. So without further ado, Eli, do you got any Nick news for us? You know that I do, Dicus. Has anything, uh, has there been any Nickelodeon nostalgia news in the past, uh, four or five months? There has. Unfortunately, in the time since we, you know, closed down the studios, I had to dismantle the uh, slide that takes me to the Nick news desk. So I'm just going to have to do a little bit of a jump here. Oh. Okay, here we are. I have fallen through the news desk, but that's okay. Let's move on with things. Uh, E-C-dub. E-C-dub. <laughs> a lot of wrestling references, at per usual. Uh, I guess we have a few pieces of Nickelodeon news to address. The first one is maybe my favorite, which is when we were leaving our show, uh, we were covering a lot of shakeups that were happening at Nickelodeon. They were sort of changing hands as far as like who the leadership was. And I have good news. Uh, the new leader of Nickelodeon, the like president or head of their uh, of their organization now, has been chosen. Who who won? The, I I assume through trial by combat. It had uh, to who be. Who was it? I guess if you were to say I'm gonna pick someone to run Nickelodeon based purely on their merits and what their creative output in the world has been, can you think of anyone better than the man who directed? The failed Eddie Murphy vehicle, Norbit. Meet a nice guy. Norbit! 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 With a huge problem. Don't adjust my seat! Look! That's scientifically proved that you was adjusting my seat! That's not science. It is, just let it go! I'm just taking What am I gonna do? You remember Norbit? It's the movie from 2007 where Eddie Murphy played a nerd and a sexually aggressive, overweight woman. I think we all remember Norbit, whether well, we want to or not. Well, good news. Brian Robbins, director of Norbit, has been tapped to lead Nickelodeon. Why? <laughs> sure, maybe he's done some other things in his career. I will be honest, I did not bother to learn them. Because once you've made Norbit, can we ever forgive you? Is there a way to come back from that? I want to say, I guess it could have been worse, but could it? Good it. <laughs> uh, but you know what? Nickelodeon, they know what they're doing, I assume. Uh, in another piece of news, we can talk about the fact that they have inked a uh, first look deal with Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart, the uh, short, loudmouth comedian, is going to be producing a shit ton of stuff for Nickelodeon. Well, that seems like a more respectable get for them. I, I, I mean, at least he's someone I've heard of. At, At least, least he's someone bankable. At least he's made a hit movie. Yeah, yeah, I think At he's... At least a, once. He's a popular guy. So anyway... Why is he uh, not the president of Nickelodeon? Yeah, just make Kevin fucking Hart the... Pre- it's like they got the Norbit guy, and his plan was just to bring in someone else. Like that scene in Elf, where the two writers decide to bring in uh, Peter Dinklage. Yeah, it's like that, where they're like, we're gonna hire this guy. 
yeah, the the guy who made Norbit just said, listen, guys, I'm your president, and I know the best thing you can do is let Kevin Hart make all the decisions. And so that's what they're doing. What else you got for me? What else? What other nude business? Has the happened? last, the last most important thing for us to discuss is an article from Mental Floss that was shared with me uh, by our dear friend, the doctor, Kaiser. Zach Kaiser sent me friend a... Friend of the show. Yep, friend of the show. Sent me a link to an article called The Legend of Crybaby Lane, the lost Nickelodeon movie that was too scary for TV. Very interesting. We've had a few fans uh, message us about Crybaby Lane. What did this Mental Floss article have to say about it? Uh, it kind of goes through like the history of it, like what it was, how it happened, um, and it even has like a three-minute promo clip of Crybaby Lane as like I guess evidence of it. Uh, the proof the movie is out there. The movie is on on YouTube. Oh wait, I, I you know what? I didn't even look far enough into the article it's in the article on mental floss okay if we need another bonus episode after this christmas one definitely fodder for potential future bonus episodes yeah i i want to read this article now i need to do a deep dive on crybaby lane yeah everyone go out and read the article watch crybaby lane and then tell us if we need to review that but that's all of my nick news all right i'm glad we we haven't forgotten how to do it I really do feel like my, my podcasting muscles have kind of atrophied since oh, July. 100%, yes. Absolutely. Uh, but the good news is, we get to warm them back up for this one-night event. Because it's time for us to talk, Dykus, about Are You Afraid of the Dark? A tribute. The 2017 fan film. The Tale of the Ghostly Guest, as it's also known. Should we talk about that? The fact that like this thing was definitely called Are You Afraid of the Dark? The Tale of the Ghostly Guest before they had to change the name to Are You Afraid of the Dark, a tribute because of Viacom? I think we just did. All right. Well, there's my opinion. Uh, this is a fan film that was directed by Nathan Ingram and Zach Lockard, and it was written by Nathan Ingram. So yeah, these are like some aspiring filmmakers. I want to say they're out of Oklahoma, I believe. I'm actually curious if anyone involved with this project is listening to our podcast. Uh, I know I tried know. to get in touch with them at one point, and I never heard back, so I'm sure they're busy Same with here. other projects, which is totally fine. But yeah, this is a fan film that's... I almost called it a reboot, but it doesn't reboot Are You Afraid of the Dark any more than the new batch did. It uh, it just continues in the same way it that the new batch It is a distant did. sequel. Yeah. One of the main characters, I guess the main member, the, the founding member of this new new batch of Midnight Society kids, uh, whose name I believe is Colin, he says that his dad told him about the Midnight Society. Which begs the question, who is Colin's father? I, I feel like the obvious answer here would be like either Gary or Tucker, but we'll talk more. Uh, so when we start, the new Midnight Society or this group of kids are coming out to the woods. It's worth noting that before we see them, we get not the Are You Afraid of the Dark opening, but this sort of like reimagined opening. We get a pretty cool, pretty creepy remix of the traditional opening with some quick flashes of past villains. You get a glimpse of Zebo the Clown. You get a glimpse of a few other uh, fan favorite monsters. And then it does like a smooth transition into the kids like walking up to uh, walking up to the the stone throne in the woods. Yeah, we meet our new Midnight Society, the new new batch. And the new, this new episode batch. is quick is quick to show us that this ain't your mama's Are You Afraid of the Dark? Because the camera is flying everywhere. 
we get this like rushed series of shots of the new Midnight Society sitting at the fire, uh, the new kid, Colin, he uh, sits everyone down, he lights the fire, and he is kind of explaining to them all what's going on. And as he's doing this, really annoying credits are popping up on top of these kids. Yes. Since I've issued How... my first criticism of this, I want to go ahead and put out a disclaimer that like this is a fan film. You know, these yeah. are people who yeah. made a 30-minute-long Are You Afraid of the Dark fan film and did it on, you know, a non-profit shoestring Indiegogo-funded budget. So everything I say that is a criticism should be taken with a grain of salt. I have the utmost respect for what they were trying to do here. I have a lot of respect for what they did and for their ambition. I'm going to make some technical critiques, but I think that these people should still be... It's like, compared to normal everyday human beings who have never produced a movie, these guys are leaps and bounds ahead when it comes to movie production. But I'm going to be comparing it to an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Because I feel like that's what it aspires to be. And so I'm going to... I'm not going to treat it with kid gloves. So uh, while I'm sitting here... That's right. You heard it, Nathaniel and Zach. The gloves are off. <laughs> uh, I, I I deeply appreciate what you guys did. I have a lot of respect for you as filmmakers. I also understand that you are young filmmakers and that you were doing this with limited resources. But I'm going to review this the same way that I would review any episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark? Which I actually think is a sign of respect for the filmmakers. So all of that said, these credits are annoying. But we're introduced to these new kids. And this is about what you would expect from a new Midnight Society. There are about five or six kids. Clearly, they all have different personalities, socioeconomic backgrounds. Seated with them, for seemingly no reason, is the ghost from our favorite episode ever, The Tale of Locker 22. Leave me alone! It's a, a, a mound covered in a sheet wearing glasses. All right. Now, yeah, so all of these kids are sitting around the fire, and next to them is what looks like a Halloween prop. It's just like a human-sized thing with a sheet over it and sunglasses. So I have a couple of questions about this. <laughs> um, the kids right. ask about it. They're like, what's with that? And he says, don't worry, we'll get to that. And then uh, Colin never says anything <laughs> else about it, right? He just never addresses the elephant in the room, which is to say the ghost sheet decor am i to assume that this is i assumed it was a person from the get-go didn't you it yes of course it is to me why watching would you, this, why would you dress up an inanimate object like that yeah so w the reason that i have this contention folks is because at the end of the episode we're gonna get like a goofy are you afraid of the dark style fake out where the kids are scared by this thing it implies that they thought it was a prop and then all of a sudden it turns and talks to them and they all freak out and run off into the woods. And then the person under the sheet is going to take the sheet off and high five Colin. Like, I'm just going to play that card immediately because we need to talk about it. We need to talk about the fact that, like, I always assumed it was a person and I wasn't even there. It's, it's clearly a person. And I was so desperately hoping that the sheet was going to come off and it was going to reveal... Someone from the original cast. Anyone. Anyone of any consequence. And it doesn't. We can talk about that more later. But And more spoiler alert, it has nothing to do with the story. It has nothing tell. to do with anything. Um, Colin sits down and gives maybe the most generic premise for a story you can, you can imagine. Yes, I had that in my notes. He said, I was at my grandparents' house. And I was thinking about how when I was at my grandparents' house as a kid, there wasn't a lot to do there. And the worst part was being there at nights because I got scared and that got me thinking you never know what could be in the dark 
Submitted for the approval of the New Midnight Society. I call this tale. Checks the coffee creamer. The tale of the ghostly guest. So we begin the tale proper, and we immediately meet our one young protagonist, a blonde moppet named Christopher, who's being dropped off at his grandfather's house while his parents go and celebrate their anniversary. Yep, Grandpa Jasper. Grandpa Jasper, who looks a little bit like Stephen King. I have in my notes, Grandpa Jasper, a.k.a. older Stephen King. Coincidence? I think not. I hope not. But yeah. Christopher is not looking forward to this because apparently Grandpa Jasper doesn't even own a TV. <laughs> Which, when is this supposed to take place? I mean, it has to be contemporary. He complains, no TV, no video games. What am I going to do? And if the episode is any indication, the only things to do at J- Grandpa Jasper's are eat, sleep, and be haunted. Oh, and play with two toy cars. And play and ram two toy cars together. <laughs> uh, yeah. So, uh, Christopher is at Grandpa Jasper's, and there is almost nothing else for us to say about this. Like, he's there, and there's nothing to do, and eventually he finds out there's a ghost, right? (laughs) We get a shot of them eating chili. It's shot in a way to make me think that the chili is made from human flesh. Grandpa Jasper gives Christopher strict instructions to not get out of bed at night for any reason. But what if I have to go to the bathroom? For any reason. I, I want to point out just random observation. Those bowls are from Target. I used to have those bowls. <laughs> that is a random observation. That's I would not be able to recognize where my uh, kitchenware is from. Yep, I had those bowls. Uh, yeah, so Grandpa Jasper uh, tells him that he's not allowed to get out of his bed at night. He says, what if I got to take a piss? Grandpa Jasper says, you piss that bed. And then we cut <laughs> to the kid in bed that blind. night. <laughs> So, of course, when Christopher is in bed that night, shit gets scary. We see some glimpses of something terrifying staring at him from the closet. It's This scene is really, really well done, where we see Christopher in bed, we get a pan across his room, and we get, for maybe half a second, a glimpse of a pair of eyes leering at him from the closet. Yeah, it's uh, there are moments where my notes just say, too scary? The it's- next morning, he is having breakfast with his grandpa, and he's like, hey, did you come in the room at night? And Grandpa Jasper is like, nope, sure as shit, I didn't. And he's like, oh, that's weird. I heard some stuff. And Grandpa Jasper blows it off. Then we cut to <laughs> Christopher playing with two toy cars next to a toy plastic robot. Uh, my notes about this scene, the only reason I mention it, are my notes said, this actor is a kid who is too old to enjoy playing with toy cars and not old enough to do a good job faking it. You hit the nail on the head. It is the least convincing play acting i have ever seen like he does not appear to be engaged at all with what he is doing and i don't know if that's because like his direction is to act bored but it's like it's very funny christopher is playing in enormous air quotes with these toys when he hears a voice call to him from the direction of the closet christopher Christopher? everything all right in here for no reason when grandpa jasper comes over Chris's reaction is to ask to order pizza, which they do, and we get a shot of them eating pizza with some unnecessary squishy eating sound effects. Oh man, the sound effects in here were so distracting to me. <laughs> um, Chris, pizza has never sounded like. Is it full of gack? <laughs> there are some weird sound like editing things in this. Um, you know, if Nathaniel and Zach are listening again, a lot of respect for what you guys did. Sound editing needs a little bit of work. Um, 
but yeah, the food sounds it could probably be off-putting to uh, certain individuals, I guess. So we get this long scene of Christopher and Grandpa Jasper eating pizza, where Grandpa Jasper explains how before Christopher was born, Jasper and his late wife and Christopher's mother used to live out in the country. But when Christopher's mother went to college, they moved to this new house. It is incredibly boring, and it's only there to explain why Christopher's mother has not experienced anything paranormal. Yeah, I was so, like, baffled by this. It's like, an it's- exposition dump, but it doesn't hint at anything sinister. Like, even in Are You Afraid of the Dark, when we get the long exposition dumps from characters, it was always setting up the mythology of the episode. This just feels mundane. If there is a point to it, it is circuitous. That night, after Gramps refuses to even crack the door... Well, if I did that, all the heat would come out, and I can't send you back to your folks all sick now, can I? So, of course, more scary shit goes down. We get the most overt bit of fan service in this episode as Chris sneaks a copy of the Ghastly Grinner comic under his sheets yep, to I, read by flashlight. It's totally unnecessary fan service, but I enjoyed it. I, I appreciated it as well. Uh, can we talk about the only other random observation of crap in the background, which is the fact that the mirror in Christopher in the guest room Christopher is staying in, the mirror has like glitter letters stuck on it and they say forget milk, got beer. <laughs> it's a it's a standing mirror. No, it doesn't. It have a doesn't. Frame. It's just a big ass piece of glass propped up against the wall and it has a Mardi Gras mask taped to it and glitter decorative letters that say forget milk, got beer. Wait a minute, why is that in the guest room? (laughs) Apparently this was Christopher's mom's room when she was at the house. This was her room. (laughs) And so I guess... And and Jasper is supporting this habit? As a college kid, she put that on her mirror, I guess. (laughs) But yeah, that's uh, that's a thing. Anyway, he's reading the comic. I I have so many... uh, Okay, we can't fixate on that. (laughs) I just wanted to make sure that... He's reading this comic... We get some more great sound design. There's another weird splurch sound effect as something slimy yanks the sheets off the bed. Mm-hmm. After this happens, we cut to Grandpa Jasper as he is looking at a photo album in his bedroom. This orange ethereal light starts emanating from his personal bathroom. Mm-hmm. And in a long, unbroken shot, Grandpa Jasper just stands up and scolds this fucking unseen poltergeist in the bathroom and threatens to banish it. Yeah, he says he can get rid of it with five simple words. Grandpa's telling it, leave the boy alone, you know, don't touch the boy. This ghost apparently doesn't give a fuck what Grandpa says, because immediately we cut back to Chris's uh, guest bedroom, and something bursts out of the closet. Yeah, we see uh, these creepy hands crawling out of either the closet or the bathroom, and uh, this smoke witch, like the smoke monster from Lost, mixed with, like, a witch who is also a dead bride crawls onto the bed. We get one. The, we get the only really genuinely unsettling scene in the entire episode. This 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 thing comes out of the closet. Christopher gets out of bed to go find his grandpa, and he sees Grandpa Jasper standing with his back to him in the kitchen, and he's saying this. I said rules in this house, didn't I? Didn't I? Chris. Runs back to his bedroom because Grandpa is clearly in some sort of like fugue state, and the ghost attacks, and we get our full frontal ghost reveal. 
Grandpa Jasper takes a crowbar, like you would see in Home Alone, busts the door open, and starts, like, yelling at this ghost that is holding a child. The ghost has, like, glowing green eyes, she's made of shadows, she's got Christopher in her arms, and Grandpa Jasper just, like, flips the fuck out on this ghost yelling at it. Yeah, the ghost is this woman wearing, like, a black veil. She has classic Are You Afraid of the Dark glowy eyes. Jasper says, oh, I told you not to to touch the boy, and now I've got to do it. He says the magic words. You are not welcome here! Now, I don't know what effect this has on the ghost. The ghost kind of shambles to the closet, and as it's making its way there, little Christopher gets up and bops it with a pillow. (laughs) And then it disappears. A scene that somehow is more ridiculous than uh, Jake the Snake dying via hockey puck. (laughs) Let's not say things we can't take back. This ghost is defeated with a soft red pillow. Uh, We get sort of a denouement moment where Christopher and his grandfather are sitting on the floor and Grandpa is doing another long exposition dump where he's explaining what the ghost is. Oh my god. I, I, just a quick aside here. I was watching this with, with Iris. Uh-huh. And she saw all of this and sees this big... You know, this is clearly the climax of the episode. They fought a ghost. There it is. And she looked down at the time code and she was like, wait a minute, I thought that was the climax. Why are there still ten minutes left in this episode? Yeah. Christopher and his grandfather are sitting there in this long, long, unbroken shot as Grandpa explains... That this ghost has always inhabited the house. It used to be a protective spirit. At some point, it it turned heel and became this vicious poltergeist thing. But Gramps always kept it around because he was afraid that if he banished it, then the house could be possessed by something even more sinister. Yeah, he said he thought that it loved the house and was taking care of it, even though it had become like a corrupted spirit. Which is, I guess, a cool concept. How long did it take us to say that? 30 seconds? It takes Grandpa minutes. And after this whole explanation, for no reason, Chris tells Grandpa that he has the fucking Shining or something. He says that he's always seen ghosts or felt some sort of ghostly presence. Even though this that doesn't play into the episode, Grandpa gives us our next little bit of fan service when he says, You're just afraid of the dark, that's all. Yep. Which doesn't make sense, because, like, they know ghosts are real. Yeah, seriously, there's no... Oh, God. Anyway, Christopher notes that he hit the hit the ghost with his pillow, so he bequeaths the pillow to his grandfather to... If he needs to do any more ghost busting. He says, clearly, this pillow defeated the ghost, so you should have it. And his grandpa's like, but you need it. Like, you need it more than I do. And Christopher's like, no, I've had character growth. You can have the pillow, grandpa. Uh, and now, from the... this point on, I'm going to do something a bit non-traditional. Okay. Normally, we just plow through these episodes... I'm going to issue a spoiler alert from this point on. There is the hope that that this will make its way back onto the internet someday, and we encourage everyone to check it out. Yeah. So if you don't want the rest of this story spoiled for you, I'm going to say jump to this time code later in the episode. And that time code is... 28 minutes and 55 seconds. All right, you've been warned. Now that the, the spirit has been banished... No, it's not even the next morning. It's so night. later that same night. Yeah, like after this ghost Seemingly happens, in the middle of the night, yeah. Chris's parents come back to pick him up. Yeah. This scene is this scene is amazing. The parents are quick to point out that they had a very good time celebrating their anniversary. <laughs> and it is clear from their tone and their body language that they've spent this entire weekend fucking. Mm-hmm. Hey, how about you guys? How was your weekend? Uh, 
It was awesome. We really need a weekend away. <laughs> She's just telling her dad how much she boned down. And Jasper could not be more proud. Yeah. Uh, after a very protracted goodbye, Chris promises his grandpa that he'll keep what happened in the house a secret. He's not going to tell his parents about the ghost. So Gramps goes inside and looks at his photo album again and sees that all of his photos have vanished. And he frantically calls Chris. He asks Chris, where did you get that pillow? He's seemingly convinced that the pillow itself is magic. And we get our last bit of fan service. Christopher explains that he got the pillow at Sardo's Magic Mansion. Grandpa Jasper hangs up the phone, and behind him on the bed, we see a slimy, clawed, eldritch horror rise out of the bed. Implying that it is going to drag Grandpa Jasper straight, straight to, to hell. hell. <laughs> the end. Yeah. We cut back to the campfire, and a kid says, damn! A kid says, damn. Damn. Never thought I'd be so scared of a pillow. How good did you feel when that kid said, damn? Oh, I felt so vindicated. <laughs> I wanted to they cheer. Said, yeah. It, it sort of redeemed the entire episode. Yeah. So, of course, all of these kids are impressed with Colin's story. They agreed to come back and try to top his story next week. And as they're leaving, as we'd mentioned earlier, the seemingly inanimate ghost turns its head and scares everyone off, scares the bejesus out of all these kids. But eventually Colin comes back, the ghost reveals itself to be... His sister. His sister. Not, I thought it was going to be lovable prankster Tucker, thought maybe it would be old man Gary. You know, I would have settled for, you know, Stig at this point. <laughs> I mean, we love Stig. What if Stig, it's but Stig's son? No. What if Colin is Stig's kid? They pat each other on the back and walk off arm in arm in arm. They say, happy Halloween, implying that this episode, I guess, took place on Halloween. Yep. And we fade out. Spooky ass theme song. Spooky ass theme song. That was the tale of the ghostly guest, aka Are You Afraid of the Dark? A tribute. Yeah. Now, as as you said at the top of this episode, it's not fair to judge this like a real episode of the show. And yet at the same time, I want to. What did you think of this fan tribute, Eli? Say it true. Okay, so here is my assessment of the tale of the ghostly guest. It is better than I would imagine a fan film to be, but not as good as I wanted it to be. Here's the thing about an Are You Afraid of the Dark fan film. That's gotta be like the fucking lowest bar to entry. Literally the only ingredient that you need, the two ingredients, are kids and a fire. That's it. Beyond that, there aren't any rules. You can do whatever the fuck you want. So if you don't have a budget, you don't it doesn't have like it can be very minimal. And so for this to have had the production value that it did, for it to have had as many scenes as it did, for it to have as many actors as it did, for it to have as many special effects as it did you know, for it to be as big as it was is pretty good because the bar to yeah. entry was very low. It just, it made it out of the esh the lower echelon that I would have expected it to be in. And now it's playing in kind of a higher playing field. It's It went from the minor leagues to the majors and it can't really hang with the big dogs in the major leagues. 
I'm going to try to make kind of a shit sandwich here. Okay. I think this episode did a lot of things really, really well. Mm-hmm. For the first 15 minutes, it hits all the right beats. I like the Midnight Society, even though I think they could have stood to be a little more diverse, but that's neither here nor there. Mm-hmm. I thought they got the premise of this story right. A kid's dropped off at a relative's house, discovers something supernatural, there's a mystery. That's the most oft-repeated Are You Afraid of the Dark formula, bar none. Yeah, it's like Are You Afraid of the Dark magnetic poetry. Yes, like they they understood that much. And something we didn't even talk about, the music to this episode, the score is absolutely fantastic. I thought that the visuals were good. The the the, the witch. I thought that the, the witch ghost thing was... Again, as good as you would want it to be. No complaints at all. I agree. Better glowy eye effect than some of the uh, the creatures we've seen in Are You Afraid of the Dark? Absolutely. There are a lot of things about the production that we could nitpick. There are several abrupt jump cuts in some of the scenes. There's some audio issues with the the, the char- when the characters speak. There are some lines that they probably should have overdubbed in post-production that yeah, they didn't. Yeah, I have tons of notes about places where they needed ADR. There's way too much handheld camera work for my liking. It looks, there are times where it looks almost like a found footage. I don't think that there is a single moment where the camera is on a tripod. The moments where Grandpa Jasper is giving exposition dumps, the camera is on a tripod. And the camera barely moves in those scenes. Yeah, but that's the only time. The camera is either too stationary or it's moving too much. I, I think there could have been more of a balance. But I think for me, the biggest problem with the episode is just it's, it, this episode feels so slow and there's so much talking and it all builds up to this big third act reveal and it kind of falls apart in that third act. Yeah, it's so odd to me how slow this feels while also not getting the story right. Like, it, it, it's, it seems like they had an idea for what this story was and they just didn't have the time to execute it the way they wanted to because there are a lot of, like, narrative beats that feel rushed. It It does not feel like Christopher spends any amount of time at his grandfather's house. We get like what four scenes total. Like we get a yeah. dinner, a breakfast, a dinner, and then the final confrontation. Toy cars being rammed into each other. Yeah, it's like in an in an episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, there would be so many small moments at Grandpa's house, and there are not so many small moments here. There are very few moments, and they all feel slow, and it still somehow manages to rush the plot and not give it time to breathe. So the pacing is definitely the biggest issue. Spoiler alert for the next 20 seconds. And when we finally get there, it's not clear how this ghost works. Why nope. did this this protective spirit turn into a monster? What yep. banished it? Did the magic words banish it when he says you're not welcome here? Did the magical pillow banish it? Why is the pillow magical? Why did this kid buy a magic pillow from Sardo's magic shop? Again, it feels like they're trying to do things and they're just not achieving them, which makes me feel like they just didn't have the room to do what they wanted to, but they also didn't know to when to edit things down. If ever there was an episode that needed, like, a cheesy montage set to bad 90s rock music, I think this is it. They play this episode totally straight is, is the thing. And, you know, another thing that this episode really lacks in kind of the same vein is this doesn't feel like it's Christopher's story. It feels like it's Grandpa Jasper's story. There's no character development for our main character. When we interviewed DJ, one of the things that he talked about was how he felt that Are You Afraid of the Dark succeeded because it wasn't just about ghost stories. It was about kids. It was about kids overcoming their own personal problems in 
a story where they were also having to overcome a monster. You know, like a guy wanted to get the courage to ask a girl out. Two siblings didn't get along. And there was none of that here. What this needed was another kid. You needed two kids to be able to bounce things off of each other and laugh at one another and make jokes because otherwise it's just a kid and his grandpa and the the story just becomes way more about the grandpa than it should. That's why you need the two young protagonists. Yeah. This episode did a lot of things right, but it's great to see someone who is not a part of the production staff of Are You Afraid of the Dark make an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode because then you see what someone else would do wrong and it makes you appreciate just how good Are You Afraid of the Dark was once again. In the same way that watching Goosebumps made us feel that. Or what was it? Dead Time Stories? What was it called? Dead Time Stories, yes. Yeah. Which this is, I'm going to go ahead and say this is better than either of those. Oh yeah, this is better than Goosebumps and Dead Time Stories by a country mile. Absolutely. Uh, but again, like watching something that's not real Are You Afraid of the Dark makes you really appreciate how Are You Afraid of the Dark did what it did. I just want to say, I genuinely hope this makes its way back onto the internet in some form. As I understand it, they're trying to get it back online without upsetting Viacom, so I hope that it, even if it's not released under the Are You Afraid of the Dark name, I hope the tale of the ghostly guest is is released into the wild again so people can see it. Because I want people to see this, and I want it to, to be appreciated, because there's yeah. a lot to appreciate. And it's so obvious that a lot of hard work and love and appreciation for Are You Afraid of the Dark went into this. You know, in the same way that we spent a lot of our time and our money and our effort doing something strictly out of an enjoyment for the show, these people clearly did the same thing. And they should be proud of that. And it is good, and it's worth seeing, and people should see it. But Eli... Yeah, I guess. All that being said, we have we have one more question to ask. I guess we do, don't we? Let's not forget why we're here. Eli, I'll ask you. You scared of this? I'm gonna say... Yeah. Yeah, I'll give it to him as well. If you cut this down to just the scenes of the witch, the witch ghost, there's a scene where, her she, where she's under the bed, and it's shot from, like, they set the camera on the ground... And you see hands reaching out from under the bed as the boy's feet slip past. Yep, mm-hmm. fucking scary. There's a scene where she's in the closet. There's a scene where she's in the hall. A scene where she's in the bathroom. A scene where she's behind him. As a child, knowing, like having that visual in my brain would have fucked me up. As an adult, if I fell asleep with while this was on and I woke up and saw those visuals with no context, they would fuck me up. Like, it's scary. And that grandpa looks like Stephen King. There's a lot to be scared of here. Yes, I will concur with you. I was scared of this. Good on you, Nathaniel and Zach. Yeah, so so there you have it. Uh, We are both scared of it. Now that we have reviewed the episode and we've given our final verdict, something that I want to ask you, you know, in the lead up to the Are You Afraid of the Dark movie, which we have no guarantee that will be as good as the show. It's not the original showrunners doing it. You know, it's as much a fan film as this is. So that's true. My question is, even though this doesn't succeed in the way that a, that a lot of Are You Afraid of the Dark did, not every episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark succeeded either, you know? Um, there were some downright awful episodes of that. You can ask anyone. You know, Jose listed plenty of episodes that he thought were bad. We listed our worst episodes. Like, it's known that the series didn't always work, but that the concept carried through, even in the bad episodes, like, it still had that sort of that through line of being an Are You Afraid of the Dark episode. Do you think that this works as a proof of concept that Are You Afraid of the Dark 
in a modern context holds up? Do you think that like that idea and that execution deserves to carry on? Was there any was there any point where you said like, man, this just should not be updated, or this does not need to come back, or like this is exactly why Are You Afraid of the Dark needs to stay in the past? Because there are plenty of properties that we can be nostalgic for and say they don't hold up under scrutiny. They don't deserve to come back. They were products of their time. Where do you think Are You Afraid of the Dark stands in that discussion? And how do you think this relates to that? I never felt that way watching this. I thought it was, you know, for all that we said about this, I thought it was great seeing more Are You Afraid of the Dark. Yep. And if... For any criticisms we have about the director's style or, you know, choices in in putting the episode together, it was great seeing a different take on Are You Afraid of the Dark? One that said, damn. Someone said, damn. You know, it was, there wasn't as much comic relief in it, you know? A lot of interesting choices, even if it's stuff that I might not have, have chosen to do myself. Like, there's plenty of room for more of that in pop culture. Yes, I, w- I would love to see more of this. I think this was a great jumping off point for more of this. If they can trim some of the fat, learn from some of the, the, the choices they made here and improve on it. Absolutely. So the next thing that we have to really talk about when it comes to Are You Afraid of the Dark is going to be a year from now when we see if people at Paramount with a big budget and all of Viacom's blessing and the rights can do a better job of creating an Are You Afraid of the Dark continuation. Uh, you know, so far we know that it's being written and I think directed by the guy who did The Nun, which apparently didn't have the world's greatest script. So we will see, you know, like there's still a lot of room for failure from that movie as well. So we're obviously going to have to come back and talk about that. Well, I'm still remaining cautiously optimistic. Again, like even if it's not the best thing ever, I think more Are You Afraid of the Dark can't be a bad thing. We've made it through all of the worst episodes of Are You Afraid of the Dark and we still want more. Yes. So like... At this point, my skin is thick. (laughs) My shake's too thick. (laughs) All right. So uh, with all of that out of the way, Dykus, what do we do now? Hmm. What indeed? Well... (laughs) Before we wrap things up, I want to say thank you to everyone for listening here, for uh, for being patient with us as we've taken some time off. We're going to take probably a little more time off as we plot a course and decide what we need to do next. Eli, you and I both have some big plans for the fall, maybe mm-hmm. some big life changes. Mm-hmm. I think maybe we can we can say that the party people will, will hear from us before the end of the year. Yeah, I think... They'll hear from both of us by the end of the year. You may have... They may be hearing from you even sooner and more frequently than that yeah it's totally possible that uh that i have things in the pipe that will come to fruition before the end of 2018 and if i do i will announce them uh here on this channel so fingers crossed about that until then uh again thank you all for listening if you want to find us online we are still online technically we haven't posted much lately, but we are still on Facebook at facebook.com slash you scared of this. Mm-hmm. We're still on Twitter at you scared of this. And of course, if you want to listen to us review every single episode of Are You Afraid of the Dark, you can find it at soundcloud.com slash you scared of this. And we are on Apple Music and Google Play. If you want to listen there, give us a listen, give us a rating, give us a review. And with all of that out of the way, I hereby declare this bonus episode of You Scared of This a tribute closed this is just a tribute you gotta believe me 
I wish you had been there. It's a matter of opinion. Good God. Why wasn't, uh, like, how are they going to call it the tribute and not have it in any way relate to that? You know, the, the song Tribute is itself kind of a ghost story. <laughs> are you afraid of the dark? Tribute. A tribute. And remember, if you're listening to this before November 6th, 2018, be sure to go out and vote.